Hello, baseball and umpire fans, and welcome to the first episode of The Leading Edge, where we talk with umpires about umpiring and cover topics on both sides of the plate. Joining me on this episode is Baseball New Brunswick and Baseball Canada umpire Jeremy Nash. We're going to cover topics about what drives us to umpire, the Baseball Canada umpire program, and share some funny stories from along the way. After 128 different intros, it's time to get this started. So sit back and relax, because we're coming. Hello, baseball and umpire fans, and welcome to the very first episode of The Leading Edge, where we talk with umpires about umpiring and cover topics on both sides of the plate. Before we begin, let's get some of the formalities out of the way. My name's Philip. I'll be your host. Now that that's over with, we can get to why you're here. Joining us on today's show, the man, he's no myth, a legend in his own mind, straight out of New Brunswick, Jeremy Nash. Jeremy, welcome to The Leading Edge. Hey, Philip. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to be your first guest. I know I'm probably not the best umpire in Canada, but I know for sure I'm your uh, favorite umpire. And also, if you're looking for a good Jim Wolf lookalike, I'm your man. So I know why you reached out to me for the first guest. Holder, we're not even 20 seconds into the show when you're dropping Jim Wolf references. You don't know how excited that makes me. Play ball! First and foremost, Jeremy, thank you for being the first guest here on The Leading Edge. But before we begin, I want to take this opportunity to explain the purpose and where the idea of the show came from. Now, I need to set the scene. It's mid-May 2020. If you're listening live or you're listening in 20 years due to the power of the internet and my voice is still out there, COVID-19 has rocked the world. Now, a couple weeks ago, I get a call from a guy named Bobby Mark. Bobby's an umpire here in Saskatchewan and says, Philip, have you ever given the idea of an umpire podcast a go? After a few phone calls, multiple emails, and a bribe, he convinces me to give it a shot. So here I am with the idea that we're going to try to capture umpire stories, especially amateur umpires here in Saskatchewan and around the country. The essence of the show is to give an avenue for umpires to share some of their stories. Amateur grassroots umpires just talking about why they love umpiring and what really drives them. Because even through COVID-19, the umpire family is alive and well. Though as umpires were typically used to a short three-month season, there's a strong connection and strong family of umpiring here in the province I assume it's just like you guys there in New Brunswick that run, I think, a five, six-month season. I'm starting to come to the realization that after 20-plus years of umpiring, this will be the first season that I'm umpireless. What about you? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Like, uh, actually, our season would have started about a week and a half ago now, so it's kind of uh, kind of upsetting that we're sitting at home and not being at the ball field, but I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I think... Uh, I think this summer will be the first summer in a very long time that I'll not be on the field to either play or umpire. So that's actually probably, if you're going for playing and umpiring, that's probably going to be the first time in 28 years I'm not going to be on the ball field. So it's, uh, it's a little upsetting, but it's time, the new normal, and hopefully soon enough we'll be back to a more more suitable normal than we are now. Well, yeah, I think that's true for all of us. You know, you talk about playing and umpiring. Maybe before we get any further, you know, let's... Mm. Fill us in on where you're from and maybe some of your baseball resume. I uh, was born in Newcastle, New Brunswick, where me and you first met playing mosquito ball together. So, you know, I grew up just playing in the uh, Newcastle and Chatham minor ball systems from uh, mosquito to junior. 
I was lucky enough to uh, attend a few national tournaments as a player during my uh, years in midget. And then from then, when I moved to uh, moved down the road an hour and a half to Moncton, I transformed into uh, an um, full-time umpire, hung up the playing cleats and put on the base shoes and kind of ran with that. And uh, a few years of that, I was lucky enough to be asked to uh, start looking into the national program. And in 2011, I attended my first national. And here I am now. I've been in the program now. This would, be, would have been my ninth year. So when you say the program, what program are you referring to? Sorry, yeah, the uh, Baseball Canada program, which is kind of what, what brings most of us together. So Jeremy and I are both in the Baseball Canada National Umpire program. I'm a, I'm a proud member. I used I'm not going to speak for you, but what do you think? Oh, I'm absolutely. I'm very proud to be a baseball Canada umpire. I mean, it's uh, it's the best of the best in the country, and uh, I think we do a really good job at these tournaments. We're a very professional crew, and it's very well organized on both the umpire side and the baseball side. So it's uh, baseball Canada does a very good job, and I'm definitely very proud to be a part of it. So for everyone listening, to give you a quick synopsis of what the Baseball Canada Umpire Program is, it's simply the mission of the program is the Baseball Canada Umpire Development Program Committee is to meet the needs of the Canadian umpires at various stages of development by creating training and resources while providing umpires with appropriate experiences. The vision of the Canadian National Committee is really to be a world leader in amateur umpiring training, and I think they they do that. The objects and The objects of the committee is to develop top quality amateur umpires. And I think we get that opportunity at various national championships across the country. Everything the committee, the, the national championships run from what a 13U, 15U, 18U. They have a, a category in there called the 17U or what we refer to as the Canada cup, the 21U, the open senior championships. And over the past couple of years, they've introduced a 21U female invitational and an open senior female championship. Am I correct? Yeah, I think there's also 16U for the women as well. Right. So so Baseball Canada puts on national championship. Baseball Canada is the governing body for baseball in Canada. And we get the chance to be part of this development committee. Not Sorry, not the committee. We get the part to be part of the development program. And it's not quick to get into the program either. You have to demonstrate some competency and really work your way up through it. What are some of the steps that you use to get into that program? I mean, really, it was just uh, it was a lot of learning. Just from the groundwork, just get your, get your nose in the rule book and get a good good base of that. But the biggest thing I found that helped in, uh, when I helped in New Brunswick was a few people I had. Mike Doucette, Darren Scott, and actually David Cass. I find uh, one thing that I'm very proud of here within New Brunswick is we have a very strong community of helping each other out. So when I was first starting out, you know, there's as, as with anything, you think you know it all and you think you got to figure it out. And once you kind of get going, you realize you have a lot of learning to do. And um, we're not we're not a community here where we're trying to put each other down and there's no one person trying to be better than the next. It's a great community where we, we try and help each other out, try and make each other better. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing about the program in general right across the country is there's guys, and girls, it's, it's not it's not specific to any gender. Umpires across the country are really pushing each other to be the best umpire. And every time one of us gets the chance to go to a national championship, I think that's what I really love about it is that a lot of people think that there's competition amongst players, but there's lots of competition amongst umpires to be the best umpire. And the way I look at it anytime I hit the field is I just want to be a better umpire today than I was yesterday. 
Absolutely. I mean, there's um, when we do a senior league here in New Brunswick, we it's not just uh, you finish your game, you get in, you get dressed, and you leave. It's normal for us to spend anywhere from a half hour to an hour sitting in the dressing room talking about the game and just going over things that happen and getting better. That's uh, I think that's one of the funnest parts to me too. You know, it's not just to show up and get your money and leave. It's the learning, it's the bonding. It's just it's, that's that's the the fun part of it that really keeps you going back. So you mentioned the New Brunswick Senior Baseball League. I'm familiar with it. Originally coming from New Brunswick, now living in Saskatchewan. But can you fill us in just quickly of on some of the leagues that you work. Now that I have, uh, I have three kids, I'm kind of, my umpiring is a little bit limited, so I'm not quite doing as much as I used to. So now it's, you talked about that open senior league that they have at the national tournament. That's one of the biggest leagues they have here in New Brunswick. It's, uh, it's an amateur, amateur league, but it's, it's come across a lot of good talent over the years. You know, we've had Matt Stairs, we've had Jason Dixon, Real Gourmet, all those guys have, uh, have played in it. And, um, as, as you can see with the results of New Brunswick the last few years at the Nationals, it's uh, actually, I say the last few years, even longer than that, actually. They've they've always had a strong showing, so it's just uh, it's a very competitive league. There's not many teams, but uh, it's it's intense, it's good ball, and it just, it's, it's kind of one that's really fun to do, I think. One of the funner, one of the funner things, I, one of the funner leagues I've seen around anyway. No question, it's definitely a very competitive league. I can remember working it before I moved in, I learned a lot of oper- lot of chances to game situation management. I know that the competition is very tight in the league. There, I wouldn't call it animosity, but more that competitive spirit that drives that league. You mentioned there's not a lot of teams. How many are there? Right now, there's five. PEI, just like we call it the New Brunswick League, but it's technically New Brunswick and PEI League. So there's uh, four within New Brunswick and one within PEI. And you say that the situation management, I think um, it being such a small league and there's such few talents, you know, you're seeing the same teams all the time. So it doesn't take long if you get yourself into a rough spot where um, your game management can really come in, come into play because they're competitive, they're better, and they don't forget easy. So usually if something happens, credits are held for, you know, two, three weeks, years, depending on the person and situation. But it's uh, I've definitely seen some credits held in that league, so... Game management is, if you're going to do that league, game management is one of your, your biggest tools for sure. I think I've worked with you many times over the years. Maybe we'll get together and talk exactly how we know each other and then move on because I think we can do a whole episode on that New Brunswick Baseball Senior League and that'd be something I would entertain bringing you back on someday and having that discussion. But I think we can move on from this because we could talk all day. You know, we talk umpiring. What I love most about umpiring is I get to meet people, and that's what I'm missing right now and the whole purpose of this podcast really is to, to get the opportunity to meet people and talk to people throughout COVID. Now, we met years ago. You talked, we met playing mosquito baseball. But maybe fill us in on some of the stories that we have over the years. One of the Yeah, we played, we, we played, we played in teams a few years and uh, spent four years in high school together. We didn't go, didn't start school in that. I was... Uh, stuck up in the sticks in my little rural elementary middle school you were in the big the big city the big town but I was able to to make the journey down in high school and join you but uh I want to say it was probably what our grade 11 grade 12 year where we started to uh really dabble in umpiring more more seriously you know before we started when we were 13 14 but it was kind of help out a coach here help out there on the bases probably around that time I'd say when we really started you know doing our own plates and really getting getting real involved in it, going me and you together. Yep. I think 
I can think I can remember specifically. I was in grade eleven, so it would have been our grade eleven year. You had switched sides. Uh, we had played for the Newcastle Cardinals for years up until fifteen. You and then you decided that would have been, that would have been grade ten. Grade ten is when I switched sides. That would have been yeah, this summer going in grade ten. Yeah, so that summer grade ten, you switched sides. I think the next year, I stayed in Newcastle. You went. You went to the you know the other team, if you could say. And the one that won, all, the one that won all the time. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, if we're gonna get, if we're gonna get dirty, I can remember a game where we. I'm not gonna sit here and say that we beat you guys every time, but I can remember one game where we whipped your butt. It, it was a mercy rule, and I don't can't remember who was pitching, but I think I went three for three. Uh, so I'm not gonna talk about that too much. I was pretty proud that night, and uh, so you go over, you go to Chatham. We both work baseball grants together, different sides of town. For anybody listening, this is Newcastle, Chatham. This is known as the Mayor Machine now. Highly competitive at one time. Two different senior baseball teams, two different minor ball associations. It's taken 25 years. I think the relationships are starting to mend. The community is coming together as a whole. He's on the other side. I'm doing a ball grant. And that's where we, I think we really kick off our umpire career together because you got all the games on one side of the river and I got all the games on the other. And then, you know, we kind of, then there was the, the middle zones where we beat in the middle and help each other out when we were stuck. You usually go there and do a double header and I'd convince you to keep the plate gear on. So it's too lazy to put it on myself and you'd end up usually doing a double duty and let me stay in the base for the second game. Yeah, we spend a lot, we spend a lot of tournaments either flying solo or we get the call and say, yeah, we have 15 games this weekend. And we like, we say, I got two guys, me and Nash, let's go. And we would just rock tournaments completely. Not saying I'm ever yeah. doing that again. No, like I said, for the first, I think for the first time, I don't even know the umpire sign or even knew my name. I think I was just your buddy. Thank you. He would call you and you would just drag me to wherever, I, wherever you need to go. If you have to do the game, go on. Fair. You know, as, as, as we put some long days in, but the best part, Best part of the tournament was always when they cracked that check there come Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I, Absolutely. There was, there was never not a smile on my face on Sunday afternoon. A lot of exhaustion, probably a few bumps and welts, because let's just, we won't brag. I wasn't polished at that time. <laughs> no, I know. I know myself. If I could go back and watch videos of tape of that now, I'd want to burn it. I know for sure. It was ugly, ugly, ugly. It was lots of fun. I can remember one of the, one of the memories working that tournament to you, I, you were on the bases, and I remember ejecting my brother for running the catcher. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, I remember that. I remember that very, very I, clearly. I still can't live that down at the dinner table. My mom still gets mad at me for ejecting my brother. I'm like, Mom, the rule's black and white. You have to avoid contact. And my brother just comes down the line. My brother was bigger than I was, and he just hits this catcher. No questions asked. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, you're out of the game. And my mom still does not let me let live that down. I showed her the rule book, but guess what? She still gives me grief. But we'll move on because she might be listening to this someday and giving me and giving me heck. So Nash, let's talk no, about no, fam- no family favoritism in the McGee house. There's no I've <laughs> I've ejected my brother from baseball. I have refereed him in hockey and had to gross misconduct him. Just things that I just haven't been served very many dinners on a silver platter if that or or i could say every penalty or anything i've ever called for gets my brother has always been on a silver platter black and white <laughs> but yeah. 
Let's people, move. People might think you're picking on him, but I know Chris. He deserved everything he got. <laughs> I, there, Mom. Finally, somebody agrees with me, okay? It's not just me. But Nash, you talked about being involved in four national championships. Could you fill our listeners in on where they've been, what division it's been, and what year? I started out in 2011. That was my first one in Dartmouth. It was uh, 13U. Kind of went a little string of 13U, just the way things had worked out with uh, travel and such. So 2011 was Dartmouth. 2012 was St. John's, Newfoundland, another 13U. And then 2013 was in Fredericton, New Brunswick. That was the final of the three 13Us. And then in 2017, I went to the 18U in London, Ontario. So three 13Us in three different provinces basically have the Maritimes crossed off. Have you ever worked a game in PEI before we get going? I have worked a game in PEI, yeah. The New Brunswick Senior League. So I got them all, all four. So we got the Atlantic provinces cover off. And in, you said you work 18U in, Ontario, in London, Ontario. You go to those tournaments, you've been to three, eight, three 13Us. I know you're not going to say it, but I know that you have a gold medal plate somewhere in there. You are correct. Yeah, the uh, 2013 in Fredericton. I was, uh, I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to do the gold medal plate that day, and it was ended up being a very, very good game and one of the best games I've ever worked, actually, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So it's always an honor to have one of those on your resume. That's the beautiful thing about being part of the Baseball Canada program is that umpires work hard their whole career. They go to these championships, and sometimes they get rewarded. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was just, that was a silver lining. If I would have had, you know, any other assignment that day, I would have been happy with it. I'm, I I go there myself as, a, you know, kind of a personal journey. And if I went there and I did the best I could and I put the most work in and I was prepared, then I'm, I'm happy, you know. The results will show for themselves if you work hard. But if you went there and you did the best you could and, some, and you don't get the assignment you get, you know, that stuff like that never really bothered me because that's, that's not the reason I'm in the program and that's not the reason I'm there for those things. But like I said, it's, it's hard work and it's fun and um, it's really nice to be, um, you know, I, I think when you work hard and when you really put the work in and you're prepared, the, uh, the end results show for themselves, I think, my, myself. I think so too. And I think that's, that's what I enjoy about the national championships is actually going and having your game supervised, evaluated. You get that feedback right after the game. That's, that's nice. It's different than working a Tuesday night yeah, and it's nice, too, because, you know, you, you go there and it's anywhere from 12 to 15, 15 men and women that are there for the same reason, you know. Everyone's there at umpire. No one's there thinking about what else they're going to do or what's going on. You know, you're all there at the same goal. You all want to do good, and you're all there to do the best job you can, and it's, that's what everyone talks about the whole weekend. And, you know, you learn, you get better, and that's, you know, you're not doing your Tuesday night men's league game with someone that kind of wants to be there, but not really and isn't putting in 100% effort. When you go to a national tournament, you, along with the other 11 umpires you're there with, are all putting in a very hard effort and makes it fun. It does. You've been to the national championships. Do you remember some of the people on your crews who your umpire-in-chief was or supervisors you want to send a shout-out to? Yeah, well, I mean, I can't uh, definitely can't start with saying uh, something about Andrew Downs. Seems like I think when he... He sees the, the tournament assignments go. He makes sure that he's a supervisor in one of my tournaments. I think he's following me around just about everywhere I've gone except for London. So, you know, I have uh, I have a lot of respect for Andrew. He's uh, he's been hard on me at times, but it's been uh, it's been fair hard. You know, he's, Andrew's a guy that uh, he likes to see people get better, 
and uh, he's honest and he's fair. So he's definitely a guy. Him and uh, like I say, Mark Jones has also been someone I've had at a few tournaments that's um, that's been really really helpful to my game, to my game, my uh, to umpiring. And as far as crew members, I mean, so I've been to four, so it's it's hard to really pinpoint pinpoint one or two, but. You know, I gotta go back to my first. I don't even think he's involved in umpiring right now. But uh, Steve Snow was uh, one of the guys on my first crew when I went to Dartmouth, and uh, he was a local guy. And he'd been in the program a while. I was kind of new to it, so you know, he was kind of showed me the ropes and brought me around town and helped me out. And then, well, one of the guys I met in London—I say I met in London. I met him before in St. John's, but. Me and you still talk to him on a regular basis. Can't go through this. Go talking about our old buddy Ryan Garland from St. John's Newfoundland. Yeah, Ryan's quite the cat. I had the opportunity. I worked with Ryan when I did a 15U tournament in Subberside a few years ago. But for anybody listening, Ryan dabs his feet in both sides of the world. He's the executive director of baseball Newfoundland and Labrador. We have a group chat going. We like to give Ryan grief. He gets grief all the time, especially through this COVID where this should be his busy season. He's sitting around doing nothing, really, if you ask me. Because we can text him and he can respond back any time of the day. Not only can he answer a text, he can write a novel in a text any time of the day. He's not a one or two word response. When he, you have to take about five minutes out of your day to read any text he sends. <laughs> He's a real Stephen King. It's always a thriller. That's the nice thing I think about this national program too is that we get to work with the same guys. We get to meet guys over and over again. If you're in it long enough, it's almost like a catch-up. Like, hey, what's going on? How have you been? When you enter the program, it seems like you have a life cycle. You're only in the program for a few years, so many years, just the way life is. And you come up through the program with other umpires. And you say, you know, like, like catching up with guys. I think that's one of the funnest things. Like, when you know you're going to a tournament, when you're when the rest of the umpires get announced for your tournament, it's almost like Christmas morning. You know, you go on the website, you go through the list, and you're seeing, like, you're just, you're looking, oh, I know him, I know him, and you kind of, you know, you get excited to see your old friends again, so that's always one of my favorite parts, you know, you go, go to the website, and once they announce the names, and just to see, to see who you're with, it kind of gets you a little bit fired up to see your old friends. You know what, that's a great analogy, comparing it to Christmas morning, I know I've done it, I've heard other people have done it, it really fits. So moving on from the national championships, you, you throw out a few guys' names, you know, any local legends that you have here in New Brunswick that you want to say hi to, say thank you to? Well, I mean, I think there's only one legend in New Brunswick, and he's a legend in his own mind for sure, and that's got to be Craig Hope. The, le- the legends start and end with him. Craig Hope, is that the guy that likes to wear long sleeve shirts under his jerseys? He likes to wear long sleeve shirts any time of the day. He'll wear a long sleeve shirt if it's 30 degrees outside. When we're doing senior games together, I have to fight with him to put a short sleeve on. Oh. He wants to wear a coat all the time. <laughs> If you ever want to have yourself a three-hour podcast, just give him a call and ask him one question, and he'll be able to talk. You won't even have to say another word. He'll have three hours covered, no problem. I'm some sure of the th- stories may be true. Some of them may not be true. I'm sure that guy has a lot of stories he'd like to share. That might be a guy that I'll put on the, uh, how do I say it, the emergency call-up roster if I need him. Okay. <laughs> I, may, I, may have to, I may have to help note on the technology side of it, but other than that, he'll be all right. Oh, Hopi. <laughs> we call you out because we love you, buddy. What do you love most about umpiring, Jeremy? I just love baseball. You know, I started playing when I was five. There's nothing better than when you go to the park and there's two teams and you get a really exciting game and you come out of it and you don't even, it doesn't even feel like work, but you know what I mean? Like they hand you money at the end of the game and you're like, you almost feel like you don't deserve it because you had just as much fun, if not more fun than anyone else out there. So I just, you know, I just, I love being on the baseball field. 
whether I'm coaching my son or playing myself or umpiring, it's just, it's all about baseball. I have to agree with you, Jeremy. I know that as I've gotten older, umpiring has provided me the opportunity to stay involved with the game that I love, the game I grew up with. I've also come to appreciate the finer points of umpiring and the strive to get better as an umpire, just like players strive to get better. And just like you, $20 doesn't motivate me the same way it might have when I was younger. No, I agree with the better umpire. And I mean, how many times have we spent an hour, hour and a half on the phone after from New Brunswick to Saskatchewan after one of us done a game to talk about situations and to try and try and better ourselves? So, no, I definitely agree with you on that one. It's, you know, you want to, <clears throat> you just always want to improve and you always want to get better. So, I agree 100% there. There's a segment of the show that I'm re- we're going to break for a second. And I want you to listen to Roscoe's rule interpretation and you give me your best idea of where we think Roscoe can go, okay? Roscoe's Rule Interpretation. Hello, everybody. This is Roscoe, and you're listening to Roscoe's Rule Interpretation. Today's interpretation is going to be about the strike zone. Now, the strike zone is that area over home plate which is the upper limit of which is a horizontal line at the midpoint between the top of the shoulders and the top of the uniform pants. And the lower level is a line at the hollow beneath the kneecap. Now, most young umpires get themselves into trouble because they don't call a good strike zone. That strike zone limits them on the top of the strike zone. Remember, it's really at the horizontal line midpoint between the top of the shoulders and the top of the pants. Essentially, it's the strike zone at the nipple line. So it's the nipples of a young person, not an 86-year-old person. When was the last time you seen an 86-year-old play baseball? So the idea of calling the strike zone at the belt where 86-year-old nipples hang out is wrong. Think of it as calling the strike zone at the nipples of an 18-year-old. So the next time you get a call at the start of the season to umpire a whole team's games worth of 11U baseball, you know that that parent is asking you to come out every game to call a quick and efficient and fair baseball game, and they're expecting that you're calling the strike zone at the nipple line. Roscoe's not afraid to tell you that he has survived umpiring baseball all these years because of his ability to call the strike zone at the nipple line. And calling a big, fair, and consistent strike zone has made Roscoe a few dollars richer and lets him get on with his day while keeping the moms and dads happy. This has been Rule Interpretation with Roscoe. We'll talk to you later. There he is, Roscoe. What do you think, Jeremy? You think he makes some valid points? Oh, he definitely makes some valid points. I think there's uh, a few Roscoes probably in every province. You know, guys like that, they they may have their, their negatives, but they definitely have their place. I guarantee you a guy like Roscoe, he's the kind of guy, if they give him a call on a Tuesday night with 35 degrees, he's the only one saying yes. 
No question. I got to respect those guys. There's a lot, you know, we talked a lot about the national program on this episode tonight, but I think what I really like most about umpiring is actually just guys that really give back to their local communities and their local baseball and really look to make the game as best as they can. So to everyone listening out there, I think that Roscoe is going to be a regular here on the show giving some, you know, instructional feedback. But let's move on from Roscoe. Jeremy, back to you. As an umpire, do you have any goals for yourself? Uh, my goal as an umpire just to continue in the national program and just, you know, see where that takes me all above someday. Okay, full disclosure, podcasting rookie mistake. Somehow I deleted it, but one of his goals is to work a T12 championships. Now back to Jeremy. Well, I'm 33 right now, so we'll see, see if the years are in my favor or not. Like I said, uh, said earlier, I have three kids now, so depends where my where my time lies with that. If I, if I stick with it, that definitely is one of my goals to just continue maybe do a senior championship at some point in time. But uh, I don't know, just kind of improving every day, I guess. Well, that's good. You know, improvement, growing, building. Good luck on your goals. Good luck on tr- looking towards that T12. I want to move to a segment of the show that I'm going to bring some people on sometimes, and it's really just going to simply call it 10 questions. It might be about umpiring. It might not be. This is where we can get about, you know, calls on both sides of the plate. So I'm going to ask the question. If I agree with you, you're going to simply hear. And if I think you're out to lunch, I think you're going to hear. Okay. So first question, ball bags, one or two? Jersey, do you choose black or blue? Black. McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. Burger King. Poutine. Zesty sauce. Zesty sauce. You're right. Do you prefer to work the plate or the base? Uh, this is actually new for me. For a long time, it was the bases, but uh, recently, I think uh, I really enjoy being behind the plate now. I'm going to definitely say plate. That's personal choice, so you know what? Okay. Base shoes. I'm a, I'm a uniform guy. Base shoes. White or all black? Absolutely white. All day, every day. Anybody that wears all black shoes, we need to talk, okay? We'll hang out with Roscoe. <laughs> yeah, I'm, Roscoe, I think, wears the work boots. <laughs> he's, a def, he's the guy that shows up with the CSA-approved boots. Pepsi or Coke? Pepsi. Coming from the Miramichi, you're definitely Pepsi. When it comes to your hat, crease or no crease? Don't. Man, a guy like you at five foot three, you should be creasing your cap. It makes you look <laughs> like you're five foot five. Okay, crease it, please. That's why I got the lift in my base shoes. <laughs> lift in the base shoes. Okay, the white gives you the extra little inch, day. So traditional mask or hockey style mask? Traditional. I don't have the right hair to wear. I have a hockey mask. You have to wear no hat. I don't have the hair for it. I don't look good enough like that. I'm not pretty. Joe, I got a guy planned for the next show. He doesn't have a lot of hair, so that's actually one of the questions I want to ask him is how he umpires without having a lot of hair. I'm either going to have nice, really nice hair or absolutely no hair. <laughs> he has absolutely no hair. Not to brag, I feel like I am heading that way, so this is just, you know, how do I get ready <laughs> Okay, you're going on the field. You got an undershirt. Do you wear a red or do you wear black? Black. Yeah, that red, that's that's passe. I'm glad that's gone. Okay, the last question. It's a little more personal. 
Simply true or false. You tell me that you have four national championships, but is it true that you have a fifth unofficial championship under your belt? That is true that I have a fifth. Okay, well, what are you doing hiding from us? Tell me, what's, what's going on here? So this will have to go back to 2011, the same year that I did my first PE national. So that year, the Moncton hosted the Canada Cup. Uh, the Can- yeah, Canada Cup is what it was called at the time. So Mike Doucette, who is an umpire here as well in Moncton, was one of the um, head volunteers for it. He was the one that got to Moncton, and he ended up umpiring in the tournament. So he did a lot of the leg work working up to the tournament. And then once the tournament started, I took over for him. He went to umpire. I took over everything else. And when I say everything else, I mean everything else. It rained the first day, so I was a grounds crew. When it came time to the late games at night, all the kids that got home, I was chasing foul balls. I was the guy that was running around the field making sure that the infield started on time. Pretty much, basically, long story short, I was there from 6, 7 o'clock in the morning till the very end of night. So I was having, you know, some long days. So coming near the end of the tournament, and you know how it works when you go to those tournaments, when there's fellow umpires, there's volunteers, you like look after the umpires. You know, the whole weekend I was running, getting guys water, making sure the supervisors had what they wanted, just sucking up. Let's just let's be uh, honest, sucking up. I think every umpire that's at that tournament definitely appreciates an extra bottle of water, and I think I think you did well. Okay, well, keep going. So, like I said, at the time, you know, it was my younger days. I like to have I like to have a pop or two. So, like I said, I was busy for the few days. So, finally, Saturday rolls around. It's the last game on Saturday. The game starts. Everything's running smooth. My job is done. He said, you know what, I'm going to take the rest of the night off. So I went down the line, and uh, we had a little shed back at the time, and I may or may not have snuck a cooler into that shed, and I sat there for the, that game and had a few beers of that cooler. So as you know, on the last day of the tournament, when they do the final assignments, they, uh, the umpires do the final get-together. So because I was around them all weekend, I, uh, I was invited to that get-together. So I show up at the hotel, and I get on the elevator with Corey Davis, we're going up, and he says to me, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm Corey, the same thing i done all weekend. I'm going to the ball field. He said, what do you think about going to Riverview and umpiring? The, uh, I kind of laughed at him, thought he was joking. He said, no, I'm serious. In that tournament, there was, I think, John Oko and someone else. There was at least two or three guys that had gotten got hurt in the run of the tournament. So they decided that uh, let's take the school that's been running around the ball field all summer or all, all weekend who's nationally certified about to do his first tournament and let's throw him into a game. So I said, sure. Like I said, I had been down the line. I got into the cooler. So, <sighs> so I, the night goes on. I spend the rest of the night with the umpires. I do not go home early. I did not stop enjoying my pop. So the next morning I was supposed to meet Mike Doucette for breakfast and go to the field with him. That didn't happen. Made it to the field. Lots of time to get ready. So <clears throat> I show up. Do the game. I worked with uh, Mike Deuce that was on the plate and Guillaume Smith the band was on the bases, who actually had as a supervisor later on in my uh, baseball Canada career. So everything goes smooth. It was eleven twelve game. Couldn't tell you who won or lost. I know it was Newfoundland and DEI. So everything goes good. I get changed. I go back to the field and everyone's there. So Corey and John call me in to the uh, to the change room to talk about the game this morning. I said, geez, that's nice of them. They want to they give me a big thank you for helping out. So I sit down there, and this weekend amongst it was hot. And this change room was no air, no ventilation. So they had one little chair 
sit in the middle of the room like a police interrogation. So they sit me down, and Corey and John stand over me, and they just stare at me and stare and stare. How'd the game go this morning? Good. Everything went well? You sure? So now my head started to race. No, well, maybe not. So apparently, according to them, they had some complaints from the other coaches about the uh, the smell of alcohol off the breath of an umpire. So now my head's spinning. And, uh, you know, you take all the precautions. I chewed gum. I brushed my teeth. I was good to go. So I'm just sweating. And, I mean, I was sweating to begin with. And I'm sweating. I'm sweating. So they go up one side of me and down the other about <clears throat> respect, and which they went wrong. So then they say, the final thing they say is, that, that, that tournament you're supposed to go to in a few months in Halifax, we have to decide as a committee if you're going to be able to go to that or not. You can leave now. So let me leave the room. And so now I'm standing out there thinking that I just drank away my national tournament and I drank my well out of the program. So Corey and John let me think that this was going on for probably a good hour hour plus before I don't even think it was them. I think it was someone else felt so bad for me, probably standing over by the fence looking like a lost puppy that they came over and told me that John and Corey had uh had made it all up. It was all just a prank. It was all just uh, to get me going. And uh everyone had a good laugh at my expense, which hey, if someone get a laugh at my expense then good for them. So now I'm sure there's people listening to this that have heard that story. If you're wondering who the guy is from that story it's me. It's you. And I know Corey. Corey's a former umpire out of Saskatchewan. He was the one of our provincial supervisors at one time. Made the decision to go to Alberta just because they don't pay any, you know, provincial sales tax. That's kind of what it, reason, reason why he went over there. They're both jokesters, pranksters. I know Corey more. He likes to ha- keep smile. He likes to <clears throat> he likes to tell stories. So Corey, if you are listening to this, you know we got a good story on you here. We appreciate having some fun. That's, I think, what about their national program's all about and and just getting together. So I, I really appreciate you, Jeremy, coming on the show today, being the first well, episode. Yeah, th- well, thanks. You know, it's the first episode. It's something that we're going to work on to get better, work on the flow. I'm learning the podcast just like I'm firing. I'm taking any feedback. So if you had feedback, throw it in the comments. We like it. Share it. Do what you want. Jeremy, before you go, do you have any final words? No, I just hope that anyone can uh, take from this and enjoy it. And uh, I'm excited to see your upcoming guests, and I'll be listening along as you move on. So I think it's a great idea to connect people, and uh, thanks for having me. It's fun. I had a good time. Well, this concludes the first episode of The Leading Edge, where we talk with umpires about umpiring and look to cover topics on both sides of the plate. Join us on our next episode, where we sit down with Baseball Saskatchewan Supervisor Scott Mills. But before we go, we would like to leave you with this. Whether it's Porcupine Plain, Saskatchewan, Wichita, Kansas, or Yankee Stadium, the plate is only 17 inches wide. But if you close your eyes at just the right moment, it might just get a little wider. Take care, everybody. Stay safe.